Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness, and this is my podcast. Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town Podcast for Sunday, November 17th, 2019. What's happening? How are you? What's going on? Nice little Sunday here in Chicago. Chicago. Uh, back off from off the road. And I'm back for good for like three weeks here. I was actually thinking about this. I got... I'm home this weekend. I was I was on the East Coast in Beantown uh, this this weekend. Baltimore, Maryland. Went back to where it all began, um, and actually went by the old apartment. Thought about snapping a pic for uh, for the podcast, but uh, my phone was low on juice, and also I I didn't even think about it when I walked past, so I didn't. But uh, went went to some of the old stomping grounds, the old water and holes, and. Uh, other places and got some breakfast, saw some coworkers, saw some old friends, some old lovers, saw on uh, an online dating app, right? Because I get there and, you know, swipe, swipe, swipe and uh, saw a, a an old flame who is now currently single and what a loser checkmate. Uh, check please. I love saying checkmate or check please. Check is just a fun word to say. And one of these days I might date a check. Who knows? Uh, but Something to keep in mind for the future. Uh, got back from uh, from Beantown and back in Chicago, and I'll be here. I'll be here all week, which is true. I got work next week, and then the week after weekend after that's Thanksgiving, uh, and then uh, weekend after that I'll probably be here. But then uh, after that, coming up, and uh, probably we'll be doing a podcast with them. It's been way too long since. We had our friends Ryan and Kristen on the podcast. We're going to bring them on, hopefully, and going to have a good time. Haven't uh, haven't done a show with them in a while. It's been a cold streak here. And then after that, it's uh, it's the holidays, Christmas time. So we'll have at least one, maybe two podcasts live from the West Coast. And we'll probably get some friends and family on as well. And uh, around that time is when I would expect to drop our uh, Christmas Beantown Unplugged special, Mom Goes to Prison. And indeed, my mom, Jane, did go to prison. Uh, she's doing a lot better now, though. So that's that's good. But I think we're going to have a really interesting uh, fascinating dialogue slash discussion around that. So, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, the first thing we should always talk about is that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some, uh, less than desirable language. And number two, this podcast is objectively terrible and has been for a while. Uh, this is episode or something like 98 or something in the original Beantown Weekly series. Uh, with specials, we're over 100. I think I've talked about this on the last couple of podcasts. I think it's in two weeks maybe. i got to go back and look at our records when we hit episode number 100. So we'll have something a little bit special for that. But that is pretty crazy, right? Um, started the podcast second week of January in 2018. And we are almost two full years completely into it and something else that uh, you all as listeners might love or you might hate but I'm proud of it regardless I've never missed a week on the podcast in sickness and in health for richer and for poor and God knows it's been poor Um, we've kept this podcast going every week plus some specials uh, and just some uh, 
you know, online content creation in general that kind of revolve around the Beantown universe, which is really exciting. A Beantown expanded universe. Did what? Who said that? I'm thinking a movie deal. We're going to expand the podcast into maybe a TV show like Marvel's Agent of Sh- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe we could have Beantown's Agents of bourbon or something i i don't know there are a lot of there's a lot of potential there and you know now now that disney plus uh i feel like i'm super jittery right now i don't know why it's it's 10 a.m on a sunday morning so everyone take a deep breath if you're listening to this if you're at your office or at the doctor's office or maybe you're watching the office and you just have beantown on just because you feel bad for me and you want to get me a play uh, take a deep breath. Maybe I could do some meditation videos. I don't think I have a very relaxing uh, voice slash presence slash aura a u r a. But um, I don't. Maybe maybe I could do a yoga video. Bean Town does yoga. I I think there's a lot of opportunities here in this expanded universe. Feeling a lot more calm now. I got my head on my pillow on my Craigslist couch. Craigslist, the place for couches. Um. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential there. I might, uh, I've I've toyed with the idea of uh, doing an audio book in the past. I'm just not exactly sure what my uh, market is or audience, or if you can like legally put out an audio book of whatever book you want. But I'll tell you this much. And quick sidebar before we jump into um, our actual topic for today, which we're doing a couple movie reviews, but. Um, and, and we'll talk about this more when it actually happens. But there is a man uh, from Rockford, Illinois, my hometown, uh, by the name of Scott. And Scott is a very unique and interesting man and someone who I don't have a lot of uh, love nor respect for. Um, but Scott uh, and I have a, a very short relationship in history Um not in a gay way, just in like a person to person way. And um he's just uh he's got a lot lot of interesting things to say about himself and others, interesting in quotation marks. So um we'll 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 get to it more and maybe I'll do the audiobook of his autobiography, which was published I think last year, something like that. But good hashtag friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler, who's been on many times before, is our uh tax specialist and uh resident musician. Uh and and I like to share and and discuss things happening around Scott's life and um well when we found out that Scott had written an autobiography we said we've got to get on this so you can read parts of it uh like ebook style on Google Books but it's only certain excerpts uh anyways I'm in the book I have friends who are in the book and um Eventually, just yesterday or the day before, Friday, I suppose, we decided that we were going to uh, get each other to this book for Christmas. So we have both put in an order to be printed for each other. Uh, the only downside of it was that we were supporting Scott uh, financially. Uh, it was like $13 for the book or something like that, plus shipping. So not uh, not terrible, but also just, you know, I just don't like the fact that 
I'm giving him any of my money because when I worked with him uh, in the past, worked with him for about 10 weeks and made $35 off of that and 72 cents, I think it was. So, um, you know, with inflation, that's probably up to like $37 now, but still, uh, you know, I, I basically just gave him half of that back. So, um, yeah, not, not ideal, but this autobiography is something else. And I'm thinking maybe if there's an appetite for it, you can let us know in the comments or email us beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, it's beantown, podcast at yahoo.com. Maybe we will do an audio book of Scott's autobiography. Um, it could be fun. Uh, we'll, we'll see. It could be a Beantown Unplugged special. Um, it is, however, very long. It's something in the range of five to 600 pages. We're talking like Stephen King type length here. Um, so I feel like that it would take a really long time. So I, I don't know. I just thought of this idea while I was doing this podcast live for you. Um, so I'll have to let it marinate, ruminate, and obfuscate a little bit more. But um, something something to put a pin in and something to look forward to. Um, but what we're actually talking about here today, two movies, uh, The Lighthouse and Dr. Sleep, two sort of although very different films both kind of fall under like a psychological horror film. And um, I saw both of them in the last two nights. Um, excuse me. Friday night I went and saw The Lighthouse. Wow, belching like crazy here, like a sailor, like The Lighthouse. Uh, Friday night saw The Lighthouse. Last night, Saturday night, saw Dr. Sleep. Got to see um, something I don't usually do. Actually, I got to see both of them with uh, a friend, a different friend each night. But um, it was it was nice to be able to have someone to um, discuss the films with. We had just watched in real time, immediately following following the uh, end of the picture. So um, we'll we'll start off with the lighthouse, and then we'll read some ads, and then we'll finish up with Doctor Sleep. And I promise it will be a short ish episode because I'm kind of kind of finagle in this podcast recording into a uh, a larger a little bit more busy schedule and I haven't eaten yet and in fact I didn't really have dinner last night it kind of just I don't know I was in a weird spot because I had a late breakfast and then I was doing stuff in the afternoon and then I had to go to the grocery store but by the time I got home from the grocery store I only had like 10 minutes before I had to leave for this movie so I got some gummy bears from 7-Eleven and smuggled them in uh and my friend Steven who's made an appearance on the podcast before it was our farewell to firewall episode you can listen to that back in um what June or July of 2018 it was a fun episode a lot of guests on that one but um my friend Steven and I had some gummy bears whilst whilst that's not a word whilst watching uh dr sleep and then after that i went out and got a drink with another hashtag friend of the podcast ryan who is also on our farewell to farewell episode um and then next thing you know it's like 12 30 1 a.m something like that and um i it was time for bed and dinner never happened so I'm pretty pretty hungry, and it's about eleven o'clock now, and I haven't eaten yet this morning, so that's that's got to happen. But um, long story short, we're going to keep the podcast short. Uh, so, the Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers, this is his second movie. He did The Witch or The Witch, depending on how you like to say it. 
Uh, if you haven't seen the Vivitch, it's on Netflix. Uh, it stars Anya Taylor Joy, um, and then the rest of the cast is largely people I don't know. Um, and it's only, I mean, it's a mom, dad, and then some kids. That's the whole movie. Um, but it's, it, you know, the Vivitch is a good supernatural horror movie. Um, it was very kind of like Jordan Peele and Get Out, just like a very strong directorial debut. So this was his sophomore film, uh, something that a lot of people have been looking forward to. It's produced by A24, who's my favorite studio, and it stars Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. So a lot of people these days just know Robert Pattinson because of Twilight. Um, some some Harry Potter fans will know him as Cedric Diggory. Um, which he actually, he did that he filmed that when he was like sixteen or seventeen. That was I believe, maybe not his first credited role, but like what put him on the map. And then Twilight happened, which disclaimer I've never actually seen. Um, but since Twilight ended, he's you know he's been very much like an artsy actor. Um, he was in the Lost City of Zed. Um, he didn't play the main character, Percy, what, whatever his name is, uh, Percy Jackson. Uh, but he sort of plays his assistant. Uh, and he was solid in that. So I was excited because Robert Pattinson's the, the kind of guy who um, is very much known for one role that's not exactly uh, considered a, an acting uh, masterpiece by any means. And the movies are kind of a joke. Um, but you, you can tell underneath all that, like, this, this guy's actually got some acting chops. Um, and, of course... Opposite Robert Pence and Willem Dafoe, who I think finally now is like starting to get the mainstream, just like you know, kind of like Daniel Day Lewis or Gary Oldman, um, like kind of recognize or Christian Bale. Like people are now finally recognizing him as like a powerhouse in Hollywood. And I mean, he's been doing it for so long, right? Platoon. Last Temptation of Christ, you know, tons of people know him for Spider-Man, obviously, but, I mean, this is a career that's been happening for, you know, 40 years or so, um, just from uh, little Appleton, Wisconsin there up on Lake Winnebago, uh, and he's, I think people are finally recognizing him um, as just, like, the amazing actor that he truly is. Uh, if you've never seen, quick sidebar, if you've never seen The Florida Project, which um, came out in 2017, I think, uh, he is amazing in that. And I am bummed he didn't win the Oscar for that. But he's been nominated four or five times. He was nominated last year for the uh, Van Gogh movie. He was nominated for Florida Project, nominated for Platoon, I think, and maybe one other, I don't recall. Um, so it's Robert Panson, Willem Dafoe, the film, the best parts about it. There are three things that are just crazy good. One, the acting, which I have already discussed a little bit Two, um, cinematography is beautiful. Um, clear, uh, sort of connections can be made to the cinematography of this and the cinematography of Roma. The obvious one there is they're both shot in black and white. Um, but the, the, uh, aspect ratio that Robert Eggers shot this in was amazing too. I don't know enough about film to discuss it. I think 35 millimeter is what it was. Um, but you know, it's amazing how much you can do with, shadow play and stuff when you have a movie that's in black and white um felt very hitchcocky and also for that obvious connection but the cinematography was just amazing it was fantastic great 
like weather scenes and just the 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 sort of world building that goes on in this movie the physical world building was really good um and then finally the music slash the sound um super cacophonous movie um kind of reminded me of Dunkirk not in that Dunkirk is a cacophonous movie but that's the sound plays such a critical role in the overall um, understanding slash appreciation of the film Uh, it is very much like a psychological thriller Uh, there's a lot of good suspense the editing was really strong I felt like that was something that stood out to me um it is also robert eggers so there are going to be parts of the movie that are going to be a turn off to some people kind of in the same vein as like uh urius lanthimus or a um uh lars von trier style where there are you know just some images here and there that are like oh like wow what what am i looking at that's really gross that's really disturbing uh that doesn't dominate the movie um but the the movie is fantastic in that it it really devolves from like this fairly straightforward story at first to all of a sudden the story gets a little wacky and it kind of follows the characters going a little bit wacky and by the end of it you're not sure what's real what you're supposed to believe who you're supposed to be rooting for all that stuff and at the end of the day it's just the type of film that really gets you talking and there are a ton of different interpretations and symbolism. Um, and I don't have a great understanding of everything that the director was trying to say. And it's the type of movie where perhaps there isn't just one clear thing he's trying to say. Um, but if you're looking for just top notch, um, psychological thriller, you know, I'm thinking like, uh, shutter Island style, um, in that, or, or like Memento or Mulholland Drive. Um, it's, it's that type of movie. But the cinematography and the acting just really take it to a whole new level. So a fantastic independent film. Um, just really underrated everything. Sound, cinematography, acting. So um, if you get the chance and you can, you know, you're able to stomach just a, a couple of like gruesome things here and there and it's really not over the top like if you've seen a large venture movie this is this is it's not that extreme um or even urius lanthimus but really amazing uh get the chance to see it if you can in theaters um if not if you watch it at home when it comes out on netflix or prime or wherever it will come out um it's the type of movie you have to sit down and pay attention to you can't just turn it on and be doing something else because you'll you'll watch it and you'll just be like what wtf like i don't really understand what i just watched um you really need to appreciate all aspects of the film it's really an experience um so if you have two hours absolutely recommend it um fantastic movie amazing that's the lighthouse by robert eggers starring robert pattinson willem dafoe let's read some ads here then we will talk about dr sleep a little bit and uh that will that'll close us out so here we go home pride oregon are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time well oregon listeners there's good news home pride inspection services in bend oregon is central oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling roofing 
plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know that you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate hold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, you got to call Steve at 541-410-0316 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Com. That's 541-410-0316, also my birthday, or you can visit HomePrideOregon.com. Home Pride Oregon Inspection, with just the right amount of inflection, perfection. Quick shout out to the Samson Q2U series. It's crisp, it's clean, it's got amazing audio quality. Maybe you're doing an audio book of Jeremiah or Lamentations or even Second Samuel, which is maybe where the story of Samson is in the Bible. I don't, I don't know. I'm confident it's either in one of the Samuels, one of the, the Kings, one of the Chronicles. I don't know. Here, here's the deal. And maybe we can get a, a b- biblical scholar on the horn one of these days to discuss this. But why, why do Bible books need, like especially Old Testament ones that are not letters, they're just... Uh, histories, why do we need like two kings or two chronicles or two Samuels? Why don't we just get, you know, we just make condense it into one? I, what? Why do we need to break things up? It makes it confusing. So you can have, you know, right now maybe you have first and second Samuel and they each have 35 chapters or books or something. Um, is that what they call them? Third, third chapter, second verse? No, what is it called? What do they call them in the Bible? I have not picked up my copy of the Bible in a while. Third chapter, second verse, I think that's what it is. Now, it's one of those things where you say it a couple of times and all of a sudden you think you're crazy. Maybe I could be in a production of The Lighthouse because I think I'm going mad. Um, third book, second verse, what is it? John John chapter 2, yeah, it's a it's chapter, um, just like a regular book. Wow, try not to be a dummy, Quinn. Uh, but, you know, instead of having like... Oh, is it First Samuel book twenty-five or is it Second Samuel book twenty-four? You could just have one large book. Wait, book? No, I just said book when it's supposed to be chapter. First Samuel chapter thirty-seven or Second Samuel chapter twenty-one, whatever. Instead of that and causing confusion, you could just have Samuel chapter seventy-six, and that's fine. Everyone would know what you're talking about. It would create a lot less confusion. I understand in the New Testament, because those are letters, so they're completely separate documents, uh, it makes sense. But what doesn't make sense to me is in the Old Testament, these are just like chronologicalized histories, chronologicalized, C-H-R-O-N-I-C... L I Z E D chronological. No, I missed. I missed the whole j- j- part. Chronologicalize. If you're wondering, did this podcast just turn into Quinn trying to spell a made-up word? You better believe it, sister. C R C H R O O N. Okay, <laughs> hang on. You can do this, Quinn. Are you typing out chronologicalized <laughs> on your computer? Uh, just to try to figure out how you're going to spell this made-up word. Oh, maybe it is a real word. Uh, C-H, yes, I am. C-H-R-O-N-O-G-O-L-I-C-A-L-I-Z-E-D. Wow. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 letters, I think. Damn. 
I'll solve the puzzle pot. I'll solve the puzzle pot. How much weed did you smoke? Okay, this podcast in the middle of the ad reads, and if you skip the ad reads, I feel so bad for you because usually there's something that gets a little nuts in them. And this week it's Quinn going batshit mad trying to spell chronologicalized and then saying, I'll solve the puzzle pot. Whew. Here's all you need to know. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. That might have been the funkiest ad read for the Samson QTU series I've ever had. Wow. It went from 0 to 60 really fast. Um, Kind of like the lighthouse. It's only fitting. Uh, Shout out to the TV guide. And uh, I know the Connors is back on ABC. I I don't Tuesday nights maybe. Here's the problem. I don't know because uh, I stopped getting TV guides after the fourth one. For for context, the last one I got was right when Game of Thrones uh, final season was starting. Yeah, that was like in March or something. So a little bit behind there. Uh, Last ad read here. Then we'll talk about Doctor Sleep. Then we'll finish up. Uh, Bob and Weave. We all know the hairstyle. We all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, just a little different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops and everything in between, just call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200 or email Cuts by Q at yahoo.com. Again, that's Cuts. Q-U-T-Z by Q at yahoo.com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. All right, Dr. Sleep. Uh, The novel was written in, uh, what, 2016, perhaps? Uh, The film just came out a week or two ago. It is the sequel to The Shining, both written by Stephen King, uh, The Shining film by uh, Stanley Kubrick, and this film by, I don't know, my favorite director. Um, It stars Ewan McGregor as Dan Torrance, a.k.a. Danny, and uh, it also has Rebecca Ferguson, Ferguson, man, really struggling with the, the words today. Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat and uh, a couple other actors here and there. I'm trying to remember. There's a semi-famous ac- actor um, who plays like Dan's friend in this. And they live up in New Hampshire. And then what's his name? Bruce Greenwood, something like that, has a small role in it as well. Um, so it's this the sequel to The Shining. It takes place approximately I don't know forty years after. Um, Dan Torrance is an alcoholic, kind of down and out, um, homeless. Uh, has a lot of personal demons and skeletons in his closet that um, are born out of the events of the first movie that he's struggling to escape from, kind of running away from himself. Anyways, he kind of, uh, with the help of some strangers, gets his act together. um, And then we're sort of introduced to this interesting world building that is a controversial choice that Stephen King made. basically saying all the kind of weird apparitions and 
creatures and people that um, you see in the original Shining. Um, so we're talking about like the twins or the old grandma, naked grandma, in the bathtub or the the dog or the bear or whatever it is giving the blowjob. Those are all like these demon people who aren't really people um, who feed off of the shines of certain people which is in this in this movie slash book is given they call it steam um and it's like when people die they give off steam people who have the shining like danny torrance like um uh dick halloran and the 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 chef who plays an important role in the shining they all have like a greater steam amount it's kind of like midi-chlorians um that right there is just like a world building choice that i i didn't like um and it yeah it's just, it didn't do it for me anyways the movie is not like the shining at all is very much or dr sleep is not like the shining at all it is very much focused on these people who feed off steam and they're hunting People with The Shining to try to remain strong and immortal, eternal, whatever. Um, so I, I was I was talking to you know my friend who I saw it with last night. Um, the Shining is very much a psychological horror film with like some minor supernatural stuff thrown in, um, but it is very much contained to you know the one setting, just a couple characters, um, and it's just they're devolving into madness. Doctor Sleep is much more like a supernatural like action adventure movie. Um, and it really doesn't, I don't know if the, it feels really all over the place. Like Stephen King wasn't quite sure which storyline, um, slash aspects of the story he really wanted to hone in on. So you get, um, at the beginning, a lot of like Danny Torrance trying to, um, escape the demons of his past and his father and that sort of thing. But then that just kind of goes away. Um, and then you're introduced to like why it's called Dr. Sleep. So he works as an orderly, uh, or that's, there's another word for it, but he's at like a, a hospice unit. Um, and he, along with the help of this cat, um, like help transition people from life to death in a very, in a more comfortable way. But that part of it doesn't, really come into play at all um it just is like part of his character that you get introduced to in the first act and then it's not a thing again um and then you get so much time spent on you know these these crazy creatures who aren't really compelling uh, because we don't really know much about these characters and they're not necessarily likable nor dislikable. They're just kind of there without really any character arc or development. Um, and then you get introduced to this little girl who has the shining like Dan Torrance, but an even more extreme level. Um, but it's kind of like the Jedi and the, the prequels compared to the Jedi in the original movies, their powers are just like tenfold uh, and way more extreme than what we see in the shining. So it's just like, I don't know. It's, it felt like, and the one thing that the the movie has going for it is that it follows the book very closely. Um, so the issues I had with the book when I read it for the first time are more or less the same issues I had with the movie. Um, a big challenge with a movie adaptation of a Stephen King novel is the editing 
because Stephen King does such a good job at weaving um, characters and storylines together with each other. I mean, it is a classic example, right? It's constantly jumping around different um, times. Um, and, and same with the stand, right? There are a million different characters you have to try to keep track of, and Stephen King will just jump around to all of them. It works out fairly well in Stephen King novels. It's a total pain in the ass to try to execute on screen. Um, and I didn't, I struggled with it. The editing in this movie, um, the, it just jumped so much from scene to scene. Um, it made building up any tension or suspense or really thrilling aspect of it really difficult. Um, and because of that, the tone of the movie suffers. Um, it doesn't really feel like a horror movie in any way. It feels like an action movie, frankly. Um, and, and so it's just... Yeah, I I struggled with it a little bit. I appreciate it because if you can execute, if you can turn a Stephen King novel into a movie and put something on there that's half halfway decent, you've done an amazing job because it's a really big challenge. Um, that being said, have some issues with the movie, um, which I've talked about already. Um, it stars Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson. They were both good. Um, I just wish... And and the movie tries to expand on it a little bit more, which I appreciated, but um, it just, it's, yeah, it's the sequel to The Shining, but the, I just wish the story that Stephen King had chosen to wrote, to write was more compelling slash focused on just Dan Torrance and trying to escape these demons um, from his past rather than just these real life demons who we know nothing about who are just subtly introduced to we don't know anything about them they're not really um compelling in any way and that's just what the story turns into it's like these demons versus this little girl and and ewan mcgregor is kind of just along for the ride so um yeah i not a not a huge fan of the story and that's the the biggest issue i have with it so the movie itself was fairly well done outside of the editing which again a really tall task but i struggled with it and i think it detracted from the film otherwise a solid movie if you've seen the shining and you're looking for a a solid kind of secondary installment into the mythology or the universe yeah it's worth your time to watch it and i saw it because i'll i'm a big stephen king fan i'll see anything that ewan mcgregor does but um yeah definitely some issues with it uh anyways it's out now in theaters go check it out probably not one that you like you're going to benefit any more from from seeing in theaters um the music the sound is good um again sound in this movie is um kind of underrated a little bit but it is present um throughout and it's important so make sure you watch it the volume turned up a little bit um completely different project than the shining even though they're in the same universe um good it's just a completely different kind of story so but you do get some action at the overlook hotel um and that that happens mainly in the third act and um, that part of it was really compelling so uh that's dr sleep that's our podcast for this week we wanted to talk about the lighthouse we wanted to talk about dr sleep and we also got to talk about uh our friend scott and uh I don't know what happened during the Samson read, but uh, it got a little bit funky. It's time to get funky, 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 funky. Slide to the left. Slide to the right. Crisscross. Every single high school dance ever. If somebody plays that at my wedding reception, I swear to God, I will find the DJ um, and I will just shut it down. I will shut it the F down. Um, 
that's those are my feelings on the, the cha-cha slide. On that happy note, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Stay warm. Uh, if you're traveling this next week uh, for Thanksgiving, although probably not till the week after, watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles just to get a sense of what you might be going up against. Um, and if you haven't seen it, if you're listening to this podcast and you made it to the end and you're like, oh, I've heard of that movie. I don't really know much about it. And I haven't seen it. Um, you got to drop everything. Stop this podcast right now and go watch it. It's one of the greatest, if not, and some people do consider it to be the greatest comedy film of all time. I would have to think about that a little bit more. Maybe we'll get a list out there at some point. But, um, I mean, Steve Martin and John Candy. Those are two of the funniest men to have ever walked this earth. So uh, go check it out if you can. That's what we had for you this week. I hope everyone has a nice, safe week. Uh, Stay warm. Get ready for Thanksgiving. And uh, go Vikes, right? We will check in on you next time.